The number eight is the number of new beginning, and it's the number of wealth. In, in the book of Genesis, as we shared last week, in the book of Genesis, the first seven days of creation, God created seven things and everything is good. The number seven means the fullness of God or the, or, or, or the fullness of, of, of all of God's things. But the eighth thing, and it's not a coincidence, the eighth thing that God created, when the number eight means a new beginning, but it also means wealth. The eighth thing God created was the gold. And he said, up this river is where all the gold is. Now let me explain something to you. In Hebrew, that's a very important thing. Money or wealth can change everything. Money and wealth can give you a new beginning. Money and wealth, there's... there's the, the number one thing that causes marriage problems and family problems is money, the lack of money. Now, sometimes too much money causes problems, but how many believe you can resist that temptation? It's the only thing God created and gave directions. The reason is that if we will serve God, everybody say if. If we will serve God, God will give us directions on how to find the wealth. So if God is giving us directions on how to find wealth, and in this last days, if God is releasing an energy. Now, I want you to, I, this is what I want you to receive. I want you to feel a spiritual energy over your life right now, over your head, over your body, over your face. Right now, there is a spiritual energy that God wants to release of abundance and wealth. It's there all the time. That's why you hear about people making money and you hear about people with inventions. You hear about people creating businesses. You hear about this. It's there all the time. But there are certain times of the year and certain times of generations in which that energy for wealth and abundance is multiplied. Right now, we are in one of those times. Right now, we are in a time in which, prophetically, Jewish wisdom says that more than ever before, there will be on people an energy of wealth and abundance. And I'm telling you something. When the wealth of the wicked gets put into the hands of the righteous, we can bring the world a new beginning because money is power. Can I have an amen? Read with me in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass. Everybody say now. Now, now I want you to realize this. Say now. now. Look at me. Some of your lives are about to change forever. Forever. Now. Now, God is God all the time, but there are now moments. There are now moments. There's even a scripture that says prosperity comes to me now. There are those now moments that God wakes up our spirit and makes us realize something special is about to happen. Then it makes a very positive statement. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to deserve carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, 
that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Because you shall be in the city, or blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, blessed shall be the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offering of your flock. Blessed shall be the basket in your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be when you go in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you and be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way. They'll flee before you how many ways? Now that's vital that you understand this. Debt is an enemy. Poverty is an enemy. Failure is an enemy. But when you discover who the enemy is, now this, this is a main part of what God gave me to teach for you. When you discover who the enemy is, the enemy's not the white man, the black man, the brown man, the, the, uh, uh, the guy who's in Wall Street, the guy who's in Washington. That's not the enemy. The enemy is the devil. And when you discover who the enemy is, then he has to pay you back everything he stole by what by seven so he may have come in now this is a phenomenal end time message he may have come in and attacked your business or your job or your finances or your housing or your home this way but now that you know who the enemy is Quit fighting with your husband. Quit fighting with your wife. Quit fighting with your business partner. Quit fighting. They're not the enemy. When you discover who the enemy is, he may have come in one way, but he's going to leave seven ways. There'll be a multiplied blessing come on your life. Now look at verse 8. 8 is the number of what? New beginning. The Lord will command. The Lord will command. Blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. I don't have time to really get into this right now, but this is different. You've been working at at, at a job. You've been working at building a business. You've been working to get something going. But now at this now moment, God says to you and I, and this is what it means in Hebrew, step aside. Everything that you've put your hands to, now I will command a blessing on it. Now we got to put our hands to things. We got to put our feet somewhere. And you've been doing it. You've been working. You've been working that job. You've been being faithful. You've been trying to get that business going. You've been looking at this. And I know what everybody's thinking is, is what's going to happen in the world? Well, we're not in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And God says there is a now moment. And historically and prophetically, we are right there. The time of double Adar. The time of 11. The year 11, the number 11 means either curses or blessings. For you and you and me, it is not curses. Everything we've been working and we've been getting by and we've been seeing God bless. God says, now stand back and I will command my blessing. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Look what it says here. The Lord himself will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. 
And all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Literally means in all of you. They're going to be in all of you. Why is it when everybody's worried about this and worried about that, that everything you put your hands to is blessed? Why is it that you're, 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 you're blessed when you go out and you're blessed when you come in? We have a couple here in the church that moved down here from, from, uh, from Portland to be a part of this ministry in Dallas. And they had to reset up their business. They had to get going again. And they didn't know anybody. But they knew that what they've been taught is that if you leave your home for my sake, I'll return on you a hundredfold. But what's the rest of it? A hundredfold in this life and eternal life. So when we're doing something for God, when we're doing it for the kingdom, don't you know God's going to bless? So they were believing God. They spent their savings to move their business down here. The wife went in to buy some some uh, components for the business. And she said, is there a will call for so-and-so business? And a man came up to her and said, is this what you're doing? He said, my husband and I have this business. He said, here's my business card. And they called him up and signed a contract in a moment of time, in a now moment, for $400,000 a year. Somebody shout now. Look what it says here. Then all the people on the earth shall see that you are called by my name. Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land. And by the way, in the fruit of your body, which means that you and your family will get saved. It's a financial and a family blessing. Somebody say amen. So when we're claiming the blessing of God, God is going to command the blessing not only on our finances, but he's going to command the blessing of God on your children, on your grandchildren, on your children's children. And the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give you the rain to your land in its season, To bless all the work of your hand, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You know what that means? That means debt reduction. No, no, you got to read what it says. You shall lend and not borrow. That's a reversal of your situation. That's why I want you to bring your bills up and your dreams up. Bring your credit cards and your business plans because it doesn't do any good if we got dreams, if we're stooped in debt. God is still in the debt-canceling business. Can I have an amen? Verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you to observe and be careful to observe them. Now, I want you to look real quick with me back at verse 12. The Lord will open for you his good treasures in heaven. That word treasure in English is actually, uh, um, uh, in Hebrew, the word vault. God says, I have vaults in heaven. In Deuteronomy, the children of God come to the Lord and they say, Lord... The world has stolen our land and they've stolen our cattle and they've stolen our sheep. 
And God says, don't you worry. I'm the God who's going to take care of it. But then he says something extremely powerful. Now listen to me. Many people here, you've lost businesses or maybe you've lost homes or maybe you've lost this or you've lost that. But you have not lost them. That's what this scripture says. They came to God and they said, Lord, we came out of Egypt, but the the enemy stole our goods and they stole our land and they stole our crops. And God says to them, they haven't stolen them because I have it hid and locked up in my vaults, which are in heaven, and I will give them back. No matter what it is, it's not gone. Have you lost a business or have you lost an investment or have you lost this? And I love it. It, God says it's not lost. It's laid up in my vault. And when it's in God's vault, in God's bank, he's giving interest, he's giving interest, he's giving interest. And that always comes back. But here's what ancient Jewish wisdom says. There is about to be an energy of abundance and wealth released on certain people of the world that we have never seen before. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Why is that important? Money is power. Now, I need a better amen than that. The golden rule is whoever's got the gold... And it's time for the children of God to rule. Look what it says. Let me read this scripture to you. It's out of, don't turn there. It's out of Ecclesiastes 9, verse 13. He says, this wisdom I have also seen under the sun. And this wisdom that I've seen seems great to me. Now, 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 look at my eyes right now. What I'm about to read you is great wisdom. This is great wisdom. Now watch this. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares or traps around it. Now there was found in in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no one remembered the same poor man. Wisdom is better than strength nevertheless a poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard now what does that mean well he says here is great great wisdom there's somebody that has great wisdom and this great wisdom that when you serve God your life will be changed but here's the strategy a poor man's wisdom is not listened to so the devil comes in and says to the church let's keep you poor nobody wants to listen to that but when you're the boss and you're running the business and you're running the schools and you're running the government and you're running the charities and you're running this and they want to know what you you know I may have ever seen Fiddler on the Roof Fiddler on the Roof Tevius says if I was a rich man He said, I'd sit at the gates of the cities and they'd come and ask me questions. And he says, because when you're rich, they think you really know. But you know what? We do know. We do know that Jesus Christ is the name above all names. 
We do know that by no other name can a man be saved. We do know that when you give your life to the Lord, he will forgive you and bring healing into your home and your family. And folks, when you've got money, we can say that to the whole world. Just think if Tiger Wood got up and said, you know what, I'm not serving Buddha anymore, but I'm serving Jesus Christ. Just think if Barack Obama, or just think of the guys who start Microsoft, whoever. And if they won't do it, you need to do it, because money is power. Can I have an amen? How much is too much? Proverbs 13, 20, Sue says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You need to have enough wealth in your life that when you pass away, your children have enough that when they pass away, your children's children are still getting inheritance. Come on, give me an amen. Now, I don't believe any of us are going to pass away. I really don't. I think the Lord's shouting real, real loud. I think the birth pangs are getting closer and closer. I think we're real close to the coming of the Son of Man. So that means that this wealth is going to be so great in us that it won't even be to pass on to our children's children. I I believe a thousand percent that I will not die before I see the coming of the Lord. That means that we're going to have so much wealth that it's going to be taking care of you. It's going to be taking care of your children. It's going to be taking care of your grand sugars. But we can shake the world. And all it takes is wealth. Come on, give me a better amen than that. That's why it's wrong to want just enough. It sounds spiritual, but it's not. It's not spiritual. All I want is just enough. Just all I want. All I want, Lord, is a little cabin in the corner of heaven. Not me. Jesus never said, I went to get you a mobile home. Right? He said, I go to prepare what? A mansion. Because our God is not a poor God. Our God is a rich God. And I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be honest? I've been in plenty and I've been in one. There's been times that Tiz and I didn't have enough sense to pay attention. And we still serve God. There's been times that we've had overflow. And we still serve God. I've been in plenty and I've been in one. And I've, we've never stopped serving to God. But can I be honest with you? Plenty's better. Oh, no, don't get spiritual on me. Plenty's better. And it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's not wrong to be poor. It's wrong to think God wants you to stay there. God wants to move you to good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. All right. Now read with me. Go with me to the book of Psalms 73. Now remember that the Lord said, you haven't lost it. It's stored up in my vault. In 1 Peter 1, it says there it is an inheritance that we have in heaven that cannot spoil. It can't spoil. This is a time, I want you to think, and, I, and, and we'll do this in, in the next month or so, but let, let's say, for example, let's say, for example, you had a business, and that business, uh, for some reason, went under. 
How much money have you lost? If it's been five years or so, or ten years, how much money have you lost in those ten years? You need to add that up, and I'm going to show you why, and write that down. Let me tell you what happened. Probably about 12, 13, 14 years ago, I was raised in, in religion. I thank God that when, uh, when I got saved, that they got me saved and they got me delivered and, 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 and taught me to love the Lord and win people to Jesus. But one thing they taught us was is that we were supposed to be poor. We were taught that. Now, we never missed a tithe, ever. Never made a pledge and didn't pay it, ever. But we never saw anything. And then one day I started listening to people like John Avanzini and Creflo Dollar and Kenneth Copeland and different people and found out that was wrong. That God wants us to prosper. Money is not bad. Money is good if we'll do good with it. Can I have an amen? So Tiz and I sat down and said, okay, all these years we've been tithing but not asking God to bless us. So, so we started adding it all up and we started calling in those things that we should have had and the blessing we should have had. And all of a sudden we started seeing multiplication take place. Say, well, pastor, is there biblical, is there a, a, a biblical stance we can make on this? Look at Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel. To such that are poor, pure in heart. But as for me, my feet have almost stumbled and my steps have nearly slipped. Now look at me a second. He starts it off with saying, I know that God is good. But what I'm about to share with you almost made me backslide. I know God's good, but this really bothered me. Then he says what it is. Verse 3. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There are no pangs in their death. Their strength is firm. They are not troubled as other men. They are, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have no more heart Uh, They have more than the heart could wish for. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning the oppressed. They mock the poor. They mock the ones that that they lord over. They speak lawfully. They set their mouths against heaven, against the heavens. And their tongue walks through the earth. In other words, they're ungodly, but they own the radio. They own the television. They own the airwaves. Therefore, his people return here, and the waters are of a full cup are drained by them and they say how does God know in other words they're mocking God they're laughing at God they're laughing at the people of God God doesn't see you guys you guys are a joke and there is now and is there knowledge in the most high behold these are the ungodly who are always at ease they increase in riches Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I've been plagued and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue 
to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Now look at this. Until I came to New Beginnings (laughs) on Sunday morning, the beginning of Double Adar, and then I understood how it will end. Now go with me to the book of James, and as you're turning there, let me explain. The son that says, Lord, I know you're a good God. I love you. But here's something that almost makes me backslide. We're the ones that are trying to win the world. We're the ones that are praying. We're the ones that are giving our tithes. We're the ones that are, that are, that are witnessing wherever we go. And yet I see the rich multiply, or the, the wicked multiplying. I see the wicked with all the money. Their voices go across the earth. They own the radio. They own the television. They own the media. And they can mock God and say things about God. And then they mock us. I'm thinking about that guy on uh, that's on HBO, that, that guy that's always... Uh, he did a, a, a movie about how, relig- how ridiculous it is to be religious. And, and, and the guy's making millions of dollars. And he's mocking you and I, and he's mocking our God. And the psalmist goes, you know what, Lord, this bothers me. Until I came into the house of God and found out how this thing ends. How many want to know how it ends? Look with me on James chapter 5. I love this scripture. James chapter 5, verse 1. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Now look at me a second. This is not for everybody that's rich. This is for the guys who got rich by stealing from other people, by ripping other people off, by mocking God, by doing ungodly things. There is a change about to take place. Now look at this. I love this scripture. Come now, you rich Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure. Now in most of your Bibles it says you have heaped up treasure in the last day. But the real translation says, you have heaped up treasure for the last days. Now look at verse 4. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mold your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Seboeth. That's not the Lord of the Sabbath. That's the Lord of Seboeth. Now watch this. You have lived in luxury, lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the days of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just, and he's not been able to resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord, and see how the former waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. Now look what he's saying. The son that says... Lord, I love you. I know you love us, but it bothers me almost to the point that I backslide. 
is we're serving you, we're living for you, but our enemies keep winning and they're getting all the money. They're ungodly. They're mocking God. They're mocking the children of God. Their voice is heard everywhere. And he said, and it almost, if I, if I wouldn't say it, I'd be untrue to you. But then he said, then I came into the house of God and found how it's going to end. James is the dross scripture to that. James says in the last days, those who have been ripped off, those who have been robbed, those who have been stolen. He said, the Lord of the Seboeth has heard your cries. Now listen to this. The Lord of Seboeth, the word Seboeth means master avenger. This is the same word used when Israel was coming out of Egypt. When Israel was coming out of Egypt. They finally got sick and tired of leeks and onions and garlic, of, of, of being misused. And they cried out to the Lord of Seboeth, the master avenger. When Israel left Egypt, they left with all the silver and all the gold and all the cattle. Why? Because Egypt owed them 400 years back wages. What does that mean to me, to us? Look at what it says. Those who have labored in the fields, those who have labored behind the plows. Listen, America's wealth, much of America's wealth was built on the back of black people who were living in shacks and living in squalor. But God says, don't you worry about it. What your mama should have had, what your daddy should have had, what your grandpa should have had, the master avenger has got it stored up in his vault. And I'm about to give back everything. If you're Hispanic, you need to get excited. They're talking and listen to me. I look around at all the construction sites and I see Mexican people building houses and building buildings. But my Bible says when you have built beautiful houses and you dwell in them. Right across the street from my house, they're building. You can hear the musical. Corunde se ambando. I mean, it's not even light out. So if you're Hispanic, you need to get excited. It doesn't matter if your ancestors floated across. It doesn't matter if your ancestors got chained across. Or if your ancestors swam across. God's got your wealth in the vaults of heaven. And he's about to release it into your life. Somebody shout amen. But that's not all. If you're Asian, you need to get excited. America would not be America if it wasn't for the railroads that brought the wealth from California to New York. And railroads were built, wealth of America was built on the back of Asian people who were kept in slavery and poverty. But God hears the cries and the master avenger is about to release on his people everything that's been stored up in his vault. Somebody shout amen. But touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, that's not all. They've said too long. You women need to be at home. 
You need women don't need to go to school. You women don't need to do this. But I'm going to tell you something. There are women sitting in here, whether you're white or black or brown, whose grandmothers and mothers were business women, should have been leaders of government, should have been leaders of university. But that's all right. The wealth of the wicked is being stored up. You women are about to have the vaults of heaven released over you. But touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, that's not all. Every Christian, they've been telling you for 1,700 years, you're supposed to be poor. They've been telling you you're supposed to not care about the things of this world. I'm telling you, for too long, they've been living in your house. They've been driving your car. They've been spending your money. But God is keeping good records. And the vaults of heaven are about to be open. Somebody give them a shout. But touch your neighbor and say, that's not all. Why have they tried to get preachers? Why have they tried to keep preachers poor? Why do they come against preachers? They don't come against a basketball player that's got a plane. They don't come against a baseball player. They don't say anything about some guy that goes and makes $65 million because they know where your leaders have never been. They can't take you. So if you have been in the ministry and you've been in a preacher or you've been an evangelist, you need to get ready because the blessing of God begins in the house of God. Somebody give him a shout. Stand with me all over the building. Stand with me all over the building. 88% of new millionaires, 88% of the millionaires that are in America are new money. Don't you let anybody tell you you're too old. Your best is yet to come. Don't you tell anybody you're the wrong color. Whatever color you are, black, white, brown, Asian, Hispanic, Native American, Jewish, whatever you color you are, you are made in the image of God. Therefore, you are made perfect and God is no respecter of persons. Don't you let anybody tell you you're the wrong gender. Don't you let anybody say, well, I'm a woman in a man's world. No, you're a woman in God's world. Don't you let anybody tell you that. Everything the devil has stolen. Quit saying those white people. Quit saying those white people. Quit saying those black people. Quit saying those brown people. Quit saying those men. Quit saying those women. Quit saying those... You you don't know who the thief... Who's the thief? He's the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now you know who the thief is. Everything he's stolen, he has to give back to you multiplied by seven. There are people in here that you've had grandmas and grandpas and great-grandmas who have been tithing and giving and never saw the breakthrough. Because this breakthrough, this energy, lift, lift up your hands. Now this may feel, sound corny, I just felt the Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands, I want you to feel energy in your hands. 
I want you to feel the energy of God. Do it like this. Do it like, look at me. Do it like this. Every time you lift up your hands, I want you to do this. My sins are forgiven and the curses are broken. God says, I give you power in your hands to gain wealth. Everything the enemy has stolen, everything he's stolen, God will bring it back multiplied by seven. Put your hands down, man. I got I got to share a story. It's in the vault. Say, well, pastor, let me, I'm just going I'm, I'm running out of time, but I got to, I got to, I got to say it. Why hasn't it happened before? God's timing. You and I are just starting to understand Purim. The time of the year that God turns your story upside down. You and I are just starting to understand Malachi 3. Return unto me and I'll return to you. How? Three times a year. Come before the Lord. Don't come empty handed. What other church do you know has a stud box in it? It's end times. And you know what's exciting? Look around you. It's not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It's not a brown thing. This is a God thing. This is a God thing. We had some friends visit us that still live in Portland. She's Hispanic. He's African-American. They were living together out of wedlock when they came into our church. Came to the church, sat in the balcony. They were just sharing me. She was sharing the story. And they were just sharing with me this morning. Living in the balcony, came to hear, heard about new beginnings and run down. Said, I got to give my life to God. She's Hispanic. He's African-American. They're in a certain business. They are the first people of color to reach this incredible level in their business they were here last last week or the week before last they were telling us a story big convention here in town they were featuring them and i said you know what that's not an accident she's hispanic he's african-american the ceiling is off of you the ceiling is off of you